you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Monday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, how was your weekend? It was great, Luke, until the NFC Championship game started. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it kind of sucked butter. That has Thank to be you. one of the, the most disappointed <laughs> I have been in a football game where it wasn't the outcome that disappointed me. You know what I mean? Like last year's playoff game for the Cardinals, obviously a big disappointment against the Rams. But as far as a game where I didn't care who won, I just thought it was going to be a really good game. I almost left in the third quarter. So bad. It was so bad for so many different reasons. And I know that we're going to get into it based on Ian's ear momentarily. But, yeah, let's just put it this way. It was great. The weekend was fantastic. Everything was going along well. And then all of a sudden, boom, the bomb was dropped. That was the NFC Championship game. Yeah, we're going to get a lot into the uh, the two championship games. I know that uh, if you're a Bengals fan, you're not real happy today. We'll get into that. At least the AFC game was entertaining, if uh, if not well-officiated, though. But we'll get into all that in just a moment. We are going to start with the fact, Wolf, that we have two new names being added to the Cardinals coaching search, not the direction I thought this was going to go. I thought, when we talked about it on Friday, we were like, hey, if they hire Sean Payton, when are they going to do it? And we were all talking like that day or Saturday. Even if they weren't going to hire Sean Payton, I thought that was the turning point in this process, and maybe it still is, but I thought that that was going to be Okay, we're either hiring Peyton or we're not, but we now know we're going to hire Brian Flores or whatever. Instead, according to Tom Pelissero, they have uh, requested an interview with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. And then according to Peter Schrager, they have requested an interview with Bengals defensive quarter Lou Anarumo. So... Yeah, where is all of this going right now? That is a question you have to ask right now. I think it means the Cardinals aren't sure, obviously, they're going to be able to land Sean Payton. I thought it was very interesting what Sean Payton had to say about this week and this coming week. Sean Payton was talking about the fact that he thought uh, this coming week was going to be very telling as to his future, of course. So to me, um, what does this mean? It means the Arizona Cardinals aren't sure they can land Sean Payton, and there's a lot of reasons why. That would happen. That would be the case. There's a lot of uncertainty that is still surrounding this. And I wonder if this, just going out and reaching out, of course, saying we're going to interview more candidates right now, could it be a possibility where... The Arizona Cardinals are in negotiations with the New Orleans Saints in regard to the compensation for Sean Payton. Well, <laughs> and they're just saying, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. We're not gonna, We're not going to give you the number three pick overall in the draft for Sean Payton. We're not going to do that. No, and if you don't believe us, we're going to interview these guys. It's Hey, it could be a tactic. Everything we're hearing is that the Saints know they can't ask for the number 3 overall pick. That Obviously, no other team is offering that for Sean Payton. That's way above what his, his price right. tag would be. Um, we're going to get more into Payton in a little bit, but let me play this clip since you referenced it from the pregame show yesterday on Fox. You know what? They always say... Be present right where you're at. And I like all the way, us, I like hashtag all the way to the left next to you guys, and I really appreciate yeah. it. No, it's been a, a busy week, a great week. We've had a chance to visit with a lot of great owners, a, a lot of outstanding organizations. They're obviously looking for a reboot. I think with the way the coaching 
hiring process has changed this year. We're seeing it play out a little longer for these clubs. And I think there's more pressure on uh, everyone who's covering it. And and I think it's a good thing because they're allowing teams to get to the right candidates. Uh, I think, Coach, real quick, can I interrupt? I think in the next week we're going to know a lot more. Coach won't help. In the next week, but the doors are not closed yet. No, 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 no. I think there's, yeah, there's a, a handful of things that, that still are taking place for these coaches and myself. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> fact that he didn't announce at some point over the weekend, so he could have easily done it there, right? During the, the sure. championship games yesterday, it would have been a lot more entertaining than the Eagles game. He he did not announce he's going back to TV or anything. He didn't pull his name out of the coaching search. So I do think that door is still open. But if you're requesting these guys on the Bengals and you're interviewing even more people, what is that going to bring you up to 10, I believe? If you interview the, I'm assuming they don't get a D'Amico Ryan's interview, so it's like 9 or 10. Yeah. Um, does that not bode well for like a Brian Flores? We haven't heard his name other than like us talking about it in almost two weeks now. Yeah, where's the second interview, correct? Yeah, right? he's, he's Where interviewing is for defensive interview? coordinator jobs. But, you know, once again, maybe he knocked it out of the park on the first interview, and the Arizona Cardinals feel really, really good about what they have and what they know about Brian Flores. Maybe they feel good about that. But once again, I don't know anything about the interview process. <laughs> I don't that know about real life last week. last week, right? We were talking <laughs> about this. I don't know exactly what it means, the first interview, the second interview. I don't know. I think the first interview, for the most part, is just... This guy's not a jerk. He's we're fine. We're going to be all right. Now let's get to the second interview. And I'm sure with some other coaches, it's completely different. What does all of this mean this morning? I, I don't know, but I do know this. I like Lou Anarumo. I do like him a lot. Yeah. I, I'm very impressed by the Bengals' defense have been all season, considering it's not like I mean, they have good players, but it's not like they have some like amazing, you know what they I mean? Have they don't have Michael players. Parsons running around. I was just going to say, name, name a, a guy off the defense the thing. right now. It is now. difficult to do. Eli Apple. He, other than Eli Apple, because everybody hates him right now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, and, and Joseph Asai. Joseph Asai, right. <laughs> but, but other than those two names, yeah, that says a lot about the job that he has done as their defensive coordinator. I'm going to keep coming back to this, and and then maybe you know the the names of of guys that are experienced that the Cardinals are looking at are starting to dwindle, and they're being heavily outweighed by names that would be another first year coach. I don't really want a first year coach for the Cardinals, even if they you you can't guarantee me they're going to be amazing. And I think the situation that the Cardinals have right now calls for a coach that has some experience, like Dan Quinn or Brian Flores or yeah. certainly Sean Payton. That's not a knock on these guys who who maybe should be head coaches somewhere. It's just where the Cardinals are right now. Right. You know, I'm wondering about that second interview. Um, we're just talking about it, laughing about it, of course. But maybe that second interview, whoever is the first to get the second interview. Have the Arizona Cardinals interviewed anybody twice? Just Dan Quinn, and he immediately went back to It Dallas. was Dan Quinn, right. Yeah. But we know Dan Quinn is out of the equation right now. But that's the only guy that we know that's of. That's the only guy that we know of. Um, are you playing that? Is that in your back pocket right there? When you get that second interview with, say, a Brian Flores, hypothetically speaking, yeah, does that mean, okay, I guess we're playing for keeps. This is it right here. We're going to interview him the second time, and as long as it goes okay, bam, we're going to offer him the job. Whoever gets that second interview first, it kind of feels that way. And is this one of the reasons, again, listen, you know me, Basin Audience, I am, I am the grassy doll. 
I, I <laughs> there's a conspiracy in everything. It's called human nature. Look it up. There's a lot of historical events that have happened over the millennia. How am I going to look up human nature? Just go ahead. Look it up. (laughs) Just Google It's called history. Yeah, it's called history. Go ahead and look at it. There's a lot of people that have come up with plans and agendas and implemented those plans and agendas throughout the millennia of our existence. And having said that, yeah, do I believe it? Yeah, why not tell you? We're in negotiation with the New Orleans Saints. Nobody's told me this. This is me, hypothetical though it be. We're in negotiation with the New Orleans Saints, and they want too much. They want too much. We're not going to give them that. They say this is what it's going to take, or we're not going to. We're not going to release them. To, or, and you say no, no, we're not going to do that. And if you don't believe us, watch this. We're we're going to keep. We're going to continue to cast that net far and wide, as Michael Bidwell said. It's just a. That's, to me, it could be a tactic. They've once again, I don't wide. know that. But it could be. Well, you got to be confident if if you're talking about Peyton. Okay, that's one thing because I'm assuming if that were the case, you're still kind of communicating with him. If you're if you're just like we're going to interview everybody and then we'll circle back to Brian Flores, let's say you got to be real confident he's not getting a job somewhere else before yeah. you do that. Obviously, um, I have a lot more I want to get into on this. Fortunately, we have four hours. Super Bowl Fifty Seven is set. So, what were our biggest takeaways from Championship Weekend? Oh, there were a lot of them. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Turn this up. Uh, If you were holding out some sort of hope or thought or worry that Kellen Moore was going to be the next Cardinals head coach. He is the Chargers offensive coordinator now. Oh, he's the Chargers offensive coordinator. I wonder why he's the Chargers offensive coordinator. What do you think that is, Brandon Staley? I I think this is how I assume the interview went, okay? (laughs) All right, Kellen, we're going to give you a scenario, right? You're up 27-0, and then you're up 27-7 in the second half of a playoff game. Would you run the ball more or less than six and a half times? (laughs) That's it, too. That is the only question you need to ask. Nice gross simplification. Of the a truth. nice move for Kellen Moore too. He slides over there and gets to be uh, the head or the offensive coordinator with Justin Herbert. Now I don't know. Everything comes back to Sean Payton. That's not even where this conversation was supposed to go. And I'm going to turn it quickly. But if you're Kellen Moore, are you taking that job if it feels like the Chargers are trying to get Sean Payton a year from now? Certainly not if they're trying to get him right now. Yeah. So. No, that is that's a really really good point right there. Honestly, I didn't even think about that. All I can think of is Brandon Staley once yeah. again. Okay, so you're going to go ahead and you're going to fire your offensive coordinator. And you're going to bring in Kellen Moore as a new offensive coordinator. I just wonder what what were you saying to him during the entire game in the second half in particular, where you ran the ball six times with a twenty point lead. What what did you say? Why didn't you walk up to him and go? What are you doing? Start running the ball. Um, okay, I'm over it. All right, Stop so it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to these uh, conference championship games from yesterday. Let it go. I'm looking at Brock Purdy on one TV, and I'm looking at Joseph Asai on the other TV. So where do you want to start? Okay, let's go with Brock Purdy. Um, Disappointed! I want to get your thoughts on this. 
because I've said it to a few people and it's like 50-50. Some people are like, oh yeah, you know what? That I was kind of thinking the same thing. And then the other half of it are like, you're an idiot. Okay, so I just want your reaction to this. Yes. San Francisco, not a Niners fan, really didn't care who won the game yesterday. But they, um, I, I was hoping for and expecting a good game. And I like the Brock Purdy story. He gets hurt. Then Josh Johnson comes in and gets hurt as well. And so they don't have a quarterback. Okay, it's I've never seen anything like it in, an, in like a meaningful game like this. You got to be kidding me! It was I believe twenty eight to seven in the third quarter, and it felt like the Forty ers just kind of looked around and were like, "There's nothing we can do." And and I will grant you, there's nothing they could have done, but it just felt like they just started running the ball. Like let's just take a knee and get out of here. It was the strangest thing. They weren't even trying to throw. Now, eventually they did with Christian McCaffrey, and it went horribly. But I'm just saying, it was the weirdest thing because they, they were running the play clock down to like six or seven, yeah. handing off. And they, they were trying to get creative with the handoffs, but the Eagles basically had 11 guys waiting to tackle the run. I'm not saying there's anything the Niners could have done differently. That was a monster string I, I of bad luck. But no. it was weird to watch. They were just like, let's get out of here. Yeah, honestly, right now, I think I'd love to see the National Football League, at least for a playoff game, say, you're allowed to dress and extra player and that extra player can be your third string quarterback as a matter of fact we're going to demand yeah i was gonna you say dress it should three. have to be a third quarterback. You're, we're going to yeah. demand that you dress three quarterbacks for a playoff game so this does not happen you got to be kidding me yeah I, this was the game for me this was the game for me i could not i could not wait to see because of the bloodbath that I thought it was going to be on the line of scrimmage. Now, give the Eagles a ton of credit because they went out and they played so well, in particular, in that first half. They came out and they established the line of scrimmage and they played so well. I was disappointed. I was disappointed to see Brock Purdy go out of this game after throwing four passes in which he completed all of them, by the way. Um... The Brock Purdy story was dead, metaphorically speaking, before it even started. Really? And that drove me crazy. We were going to get to see this kid, Mr. Irrelevant. We were going to get to see this rookie, seventh-round pick, the last player drafted in the draft. We were going to get to see him in a championship game and see what he does and how he performs. What a story this kid has been. Uh, a kid with the opportunity of possibly winning a Super Bowl before he loses his first game, and he's he's hurt. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's in, in fairness to Philly, not Philly fans. And by the way, get ready for a lot of Philly fans roaming the valley here for the next two weeks to so just adjust because Philly fans are not like the rest of us. Um, you're, you know, you're. It doesn't impact me whatsoever that there's going to be a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans. Well, I'm guessing you'll spend a lot of time in Old Town Scott. Exactly. What about you, though, Luke? I mean, you're I one like of these guys. Sometimes. You like to walk around. You like to meet the you like people. like to walk around. Like you to... got your skinny jeans I'm on. Just... You're out there walking around. That's skinny. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm just saying, if you like to go it's places, impact you. just be aware. People like you, it's okay? It's going to be like mini Philadelphia for probably not this week, but like next week. Philly probably wins that game yesterday anyway, but you're right. It was just, it was brutal to see Purdy go down. And then in the second half of the game was completely unwatchable. And we were playing, the the people I was watching the game with, we were kind of like having this debate of what happens now with Brock Purdy. Because he's hurt. It it sounds, they don't totally know the extent of this injury, but anytime you're talking about the 
uh, what is it, the owner, the UCL? Anytime you're talking about the UCL, it's like, okay, what's the future here? But let's just say he's fully healthy at the start of next year. Is he your starter yeah. for San Francisco? Are you mm. adding a vet? Like, what's, I mean, if you're San Francisco today, you believe if you just had a healthy, established quarterback, you're in the Super Bowl. That's what you believe. Right or wrong. And Philly looked pretty dominant in the first half of that game when it was still a game. Yes. Anytime, though. Anytime you get it. You're a team, and you got to play your fourth-string quarterback, your fourth-string quarterback, and ask him to go win a game. Oh, by the way, a championship game. You're in trouble. No, they were. I mean, they were done even with. I shouldn't say done. They were in trouble even with their third string quarterback. Realistically, against Philadelphia, all I wanted to see was competitive games this championship weekend. That's all I wanted to see. And to kick off the weekend with that game and Brock Purdy going down that early, yeah, just bummed me out. I will say this: it was weird watching Christian McCaffrey, who's been hurt for like the last two and a half years about the only guy left on San Francisco's offense and he just I mean he kept getting like five six yards per carry for a while there too even though there were 12 guys or 11 guys lined up to stop him um let's get over to that Chiefs game real quick okay <sighs> boy Joseph Asai that's um that was a sigh for Joseph Asai that's a that's a rough way to end your season and I'm watching that play as it happens. I think a lot of people were like, is there any way they could not call that? Is there any way you could avoid calling that? I mean, they showed the replay about 100 times since we started the show today. It's a late hit. Now, the pushback, if you're a Bengals fan, was, hey, where was that call just a little bit earlier on Joe Burrow for a late hit that definitely was a late hit? That game was horribly officiated, so nobody's going to come out of it happy. Yeah, no, nobody is. Uh, It's amazing because I keep focusing on Pat Mahomes and the play that Pat Mahomes made. I understand Joseph Asai and what he did. Oh, my goodness, you got to be kidding. Was it it, uh, roughing? Yes, it was. It was a personal fall. There's no doubt about that. Um, can we talk about the officiating? Yeah, thought the officiating was bad as well. And I'm typically not one of these guys. I, I notice bad officiating when it's a bad officiated game. Yeah, well, you didn't okay. care who won either, really. No, I did not. I, I once again wanted to see a good game, and that's exactly what I saw. Yeah, yeah Thank we got goodness. a good game. Thank goodness for the AFC Championship game, based on our names. Thank goodness for that. But it was Pat Mahomes. The fact that that kid, that guy, I call him a kid, that guy pulled the ball down in that situation with that ankle and ran the way that he did to get that kind of yardage and suddenly gets gunned out of bounds and you got a chance to win a game. He brought his team back. That's Patrick Mahomes. The legend of Pat Mahomes grew yesterday. There were a couple moments in that game where you're watching it and you're like he's going to have to stand in there and take a huge hit here on this play or uh, the one you're talking about that it is sort of a shame it's getting lost in the shuffle of the late hit was the fact that Mahomes with the high ankle sprain or whatever he had and was clearly like it wasn't just like limping for show between plays there were plays where he made throws where you could tell he wasn't planting the right way when he was throwing it so he was like legitimately hurt. He goes out there and hobbles forward for those yards they need and it's just you you look and you're like, I don't know that every quarterback would do this. Yeah. You know? And that's why I know it's at a certain point the media goes way overboard and you just get sick of hearing about a player. And that's why I always say for whatever reason, I'm not sick of the Chiefs yet the way I was sick of the Patriots a few years into their run. I'm not sick of the Chiefs yet because Mahomes 
does stuff that a lot of quarterbacks either can't do or wouldn't be willing to do. And like Joe Burrow in that situation, oh. I think he does it. I think he. I, but there's no. a lot of quarterbacks in this league that aren't going to run when they have a high ankle sprain, even with a, a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting you bring up other quarterbacks right now because I was thinking of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. He had the opportunity. There it was. A drive and Burrow had, ladies and gentlemen. Who's the guy who actually coined that? Who's the guy who's I Oh, uh, no was somebody idea. in the Bengals secondary. Don't say it around Burrow Travis Kelsey. Had. Okay, or yeah, don't do. say it around it Travis Mike Hilton. Kelsey. Mike Hilton. So Mike Hilton, okay. Think about it. There's Joe Burrow, two minutes and thirty seconds to go in the fourth quarter, ninety-four yards away from the end zone. Two timeouts. It's a twenty twenty game. Oh my goodness. The table was set for Joe Burrow. That cigar's going to taste really, really good, isn't it, Joe? Guess what? Something happened on the way to Joe Burrow taking over Arrowhead and making it Burrowhead. It didn't happen, and his name was Chris Jones. Yeah, Chris Jones and Hassan Reddick, we'll get more into them later on because those are two defensive players that really ended up swinging both these games. Chris Jones in particular, there was so much made of the fact that he had never had a sack in a playoff game. It was like, okay, well, he's definitely getting a sack in this one, and then he ended up getting a couple. But, uh, yeah, that last drive for Cincinnati, I was thinking, okay, he's going to march him down the field. Like, this is it, man. But if he leaves 20 seconds from Mahomes, Mahomes will march them back down the field. Like, it's just, you better kill the clock here, too. And then they didn't even score. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this response from the 623. Maybe it's not a matter of Sean Payton, but the Cardinals trying to get New Orleans to be sensible about what they want in return for Sean Payton. So, uh, see, you text us your thoughts, then we read your thoughts, and we're going to react to them a little bit as well. When we come back, though, we're going to talk a little basketball. Now, we're getting close to a resolution on the Suns and Jay Crowder situation. One NBA insider believes so. Logic would indicate we probably are getting close. We'll go into some details, though, next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, so this is going to be a uh, pretty crazy couple weeks for sports in the Valley, right? Everybody get ready, obviously. Super Bowl coming here in two weeks. You got the NBA trade deadline next Thursday, Wolf. So the uh, we're going to get some clarity on the Jay Crowder situation. He's going to get dealt somewhere. We'll see what the Suns get back. We'll see if they start playing better, and they've been good lately. Uh, but we'll see how it impacts them just to have somebody new in here and, and just how everything kind of feels around this team, not having the Jay Crowder absence hanging over them because I don't think it's near the issue that it has been if he's on a different team and you got something for him. You know what I mean? You can you yes. can always look and be like, well, you know, last year they were much better with Jay Crowder than the new guy. That, that stuff happens. This stuff where you're paying a guy to just sit out when you needed him, that doesn't typically happen. So we're going to get some clarity there. Uh, I, I can't wait for that clarity. Can I, I just jump in right seriously. now? Anybody else, raise your hand. Let's, yeah, you cannot wait for 100%. something definitive to actually break in the Jay Crowder situation. Break in the Sean Payton situation. Please, somebody go out and do something. Now we got two weeks to wallow in it before the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which one do you think it happens seems first? Like those are, uh, I 
Cardinals coach or Jay Crowder trade? Oh, Cardinals coach. Yeah? Cardinals coach. Okay. I'm with Sean Payton in this regard week. to this week. Okay. This is the week where it's going to break. Maybe this is the week the Jay Crowder it could. thing is going to it it better ha- be. It doesn't have to be on February 9th. <laughs> it, it doesn't be. have to be, but <laughs> you would like it to. Uh, here's Sham Sharania from FanDuel TV today giving a little bit of an update. I think we're finally at the 10-yard line of the Jay Crowder oh. saga. I'm told the Suns have given permission to the Bucks to meet one-on-one with Jay Crowder ahead of the trade deadline. I'm told this meeting took place over the weekend between Jay Crowder and the Bucks, and, and they've been seriously engaged in conversations. Uh, sources tell me that the Bucks' recent offer, most current offer, offer is Jordan Awara, Serge Ibaka, George Hill, uh, second-round draft compensations for Crowder. So we'll see between now and the trade deadline on February 9th, next Thursday. Can, they, can these two sides get a deal done one-on-one? Do they need to find a third team? That's really been the issue, the hold-up this whole time, is the, the Suns have wanted a 3-4 back in, the, in, in return for any trade. They have not been able to find it. They've tried to get Jalen McDaniels, K.J. Martin, on and on. They just have not been able to get that package with the, whatever the Bucks have to offer. The Heat and Hawks, they remain in play. But the fact that the Bucks are the only team that have gone this far, you know, it gives some credence that I think Milwaukee is in pole position to get him. I don't think it's crazy to think that trade gets done before the Cardinals hire a coach. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I take this as a very, very good sign that Jay Crowder, he's already met with the Bucks, according to that report. I love how it's like, well, you know, the Suns uh, agreed to give permission to the Bucks. This is how I'd be answering phone calls if I were James Jones and the team was like, Hey, do you care if we talk to Jay? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to him. <laughs> call him. Here's his number. I'll call him right, for you. I'll, exactly. I'll patch you through. What do you think they were talking about, Luke? What do you think immediately? What do you think they were talking about? Jay Crowder in the box. That's kind of a weird... That's a, that's a good point. What I, did they need to talk I, to? I don't think there was a lot of talking. I, I think there was a lot of running. <laughs> Jay, um, let me see. Are you in shape? How, how do you feel right now? What, do, what have you been doing? Let's see. Okay. Let's go see. Is that all right? I mean that to me. That's what I'd want to know. Yeah. If I if I were the Bucks, I'd be like, you look good. You look okay. Chiefs look a little puffy though. So you know what? We're <laughs> just going to go ahead and we're going to get you out on the floor. We're going to run you around a little bit. Is that okay? Would you though go into a conversation of, hey, what's the deal? What's going on here with the Suns? What? Why? Why does your current team either not want you to play or you refuse to play for your current team? I, I would. Oh, they, I they would have, ask they've that. already asked that. Okay, question, uh, but right? I would want to know that. Before oh, but I you'd want to do it in person too. I, I just, I, I don't want it to be. We heard from this guy who said this to this person. This person said this, and, it, and the NBA grapevine got to us. Yeah. If I'm going to trade for Jay Crowder, I would want to just sit down with him and be like, "No emojis here, buddy. What's yeah. actually going on?" <laughs> No emojis, no of emojis. course. Give me a legit answer. You emoji users that are out there right now, really? Could you not spell the word out? Please, be a little bit more clear in your communique. <laughs> Is that your big... Uh, well, I'm just honestly, the to, emoji thing drives me crazy. You know that. I've a, talked about it many, many times. My brothers use it all the time. I just want to... You know what? I, we need to do a Pantera call-out today because my voice feels really bad. So you know what? I need to clear it. <laughs> And make it even worse. All right, perfect. Okay, good. I, will, I will brace myself. But for the that. Jay Crowder thing, I'm putting this in the positive category right now. That there's going to be some type of resolution. The fact that he's actually met. Are you telling me he's met with the Milwaukee Bucks? Is that the report that just came down? That's what Shams is saying. Okay, play Sham- again, I can play, I can play a minute of Shams. Um, those names. That's that's a 
None of those guys are like amazing. Jordan Noir is probably the most intriguing to me. He's only 24 out of Louisville. There were times last year I remember when he had to sort of fill in when guys were hurt, and uh, and he would make some plays. I mean, that's he that's, reminds me of Cam Johnson. If you not as talented, not as talented, of of course, but he reminds me a lot of Camp Johnson uh-huh. when I watch him playing. It's not like I've seen a ton of Jordan Noir tape. No, I just I remember him having to step in a few times last year and 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 making plays. And you never know if a guy can do that consistently. I mean, look, they're not they're not trading Jay Crowder for the number two option on their team. They just need some pieces back and probably a little bit of addition by subtraction at this point. If you got a second round pick, you know, I don't know how much Serge Ibaka hasn't played much this year, but that's George Hill is a name that's been linked to the Suns a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, I know. I do like KJ Martin more I, than that package, like Shams was right. saying right there. I, I like that more, but I don't know if they can be able to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, George Hill, it's just, again, he's 36 years old. And, and George Hill three years ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know what? I kind of like that right here. I'd I'd be interested in that. George Hill at 36, not so much. Yeah, I'm with you there, but I am interested in the idea of of trading Jay Crowder. And then here's the other thoughts that, uh, and you heard this in Sarah's update, the Suns get Toronto tonight. We'll talk to Kevin Ray in a little bit, game day with K-Ray, of course. A little... A little more emphasis on watching the other team, I would say, in this one, too, if you're a Suns fan. Now, OG Ananobi's not going to play. You heard that in Sarah's update with the wrist injury. But this is the team that has OG Ananobi, who the Suns are, again, being linked to. Um, This is the team that has Fred Van Vliet, who the Suns continue to be linked to. I know Gambo shot that down last week, so maybe maybe there isn't uh, any substance to that. Or maybe, maybe there wasn't, and now it's starting to pick up as we get closer to the trade deadline. But either way... You, you get to watch the Suns tonight try and what is this now? This would be six of seven if they win, but they're also playing a team that has a lot of the guys that they keep being linked to in potentially bigger trades, too. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I just want some type of resolution to come down on this, and I think we're going to get it. This is, I think this is great the way that it's trending right now in terms of actually saying we're going to get some resolution. Yeah, the trade deadline is February 9th. We understand that. I think there's a real possibility something could happen over the next couple of days, like maybe even tomorrow, or maybe if we're really fortunate, maybe even today. I, I just... Again, when you meet with a guy, it's serious. If you're meeting with somebody, it's serious. How that went, I don't know. But it had to be. Let's take a look at him. What kind of shape are you in? And maybe, maybe there was some type of physical activity that actually took place. But I'm encouraged by the fact they actually met with him. That tells me it's closer than further. There was this from the Action Network, too, over the weekend. said the Suns and Clippers are the two teams most aggressive in pursuing point guards, according to league sources. The three big ones on the market are Fred Van Vliet, Mike Conley, and Kyle Lowry. Some recent reporting out there suggests Miami uh, is saying Lowry's not available, but teams continue to call just to gauge whether or not that uh, remains true as the Heat struggle to generate anything resembling or functioning uh, play playoffs. So... I like the fact that the Fred Van Vliet has become very, very quiet. I like that because there's also a theory that goes there's a lot of quiet before the storm. It seems and like it happens a lot to, to somebody, right? Yes. It, it, whether it's the, the Suns or somebody else, it does seem like he is getting dealt. 
Starting next Monday, listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl 57. Just text SUPER to 620-620 to register. And once you hear your name, call in within the time frame. You could be heading to Super Bowl 57. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events. The FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's SUPER to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. All right, when we come back, what does Dave Pash think about this uh, Cardinals head coaching search? Who does he think would be the best fit? We're going to ask the voice of the Cardinals next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Cardinals head coaching search continues, and it does sound like uh, Steve Hyden to Detroit as their tight ends coach. So there's a little wrinkle. Steve Hyden, I think, is going to fit in Detroit <laughs> like a glove. Um, that's your first Ace Ventura quote of the week. Yeah, look at I that. Know. Sorry, Dave Pash is joining us on the Arizona Classic. Sports Line right now. Dave, what's uh, what's going on, man? Thank you for the time. Hey, good morning, guys. Luke, you should know I'm, I'm really proud of Wolf. He's been very responsive on text lately. Uh, I don't know if this is because the anticipation of a new coach, a new regime, but uh, I just, you know, usually it takes days, weeks, sometimes never to get a response. It's within hours now. I mean, even occasionally within 45 minutes. I mean, this is like a miracle. David, you're blowing up my phone, by the way. It's just, you're blowing it up. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, Wolf. What's happening? Dave, I think you're right. Now that you you mentioned it, I've seen I've actually seen Wolf pick up his phone and look at it during the break <laughs> like three times in the last week, which has to be a record. Well, it's David and Paul. Oh my goodness. Please. Right. It's yeah, it's probably me. If he's looking there's a good chance if he's getting a text, it's probably for me. There's just uh I think we're all kind of uh we're past the point of of wondering who the next head coach is gonna be. And I think we're all just excited about moving forward and getting started on this new era. What uh, what do you read into the fact? I mean, it's all speculation at this point, but into the fact that, you know, they had the interview with Sean Payton. I thought that was going to kind of be a turning point in the process. And now today it sounds like they are lining up interviews with two more candidates. Well, I, I think if you are somebody that wants Sean Payton to be the next head coach of the Cardinals, you can look at it one of two ways. The first is, well, I think the, the natural reaction is to say, well, then they must not have come to an agreement with Sean Payton. Um, I think there's another way to look at that, and that's, you know, that there's still due diligence to be done, and that, you know, it's more than just, you know, making a phone call and Sean Payton saying yes. You know, you have to, there's compensation there and significant compensation. So, you know, if there's a chance that Sean Payton comes here, um, I think it's going to take some time. I, I didn't think it was going to all of a sudden just come down last week. Uh, and I think, too, Michael Bidwell said, look, he's going to cast the net far and wide. He said that several times, and he's doing that. You know, we, we, the Cardinals have already hired a GM. They've hired an assistant GM. They've really reshaped the front office. Be curious to see, you know, what the next step is in that regard. You know, what happens to, you know, is Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris's roles? Are they similar? Are they the same? Do they look elsewhere? What about the rest of the front office? There's, there's still a lot going on. It's not just finding a head coach. I like the fact that they're meeting with all these different people inside, outside the organization. I, I think it's really wise uh, that they're still looking at candidates at this point. I think it's I, – I, 
and I could be wrong, but it just feels like there's no other team except Arizona that's going to get Sean Payton. So if you're the Cardinals, you might as well keep looking and, and keep doing the best you can to to vet and review all possible scenarios before you come to a decision. David, I'm going to pin you down on that one right there. Why do you feel that way in regard to there's nobody else who's going to get Sean Payton but the Arizona Cardinals? He's either going to go back to Fox or the Cardinals are going to... Why, why do you say that so uh, with, with so much conviction? I, it, it's just a guess, just kind of looking at the dominoes. I mean, there's... there are still some jobs that are open, but the Denver stuff just doesn't seem like that's happening based on all the rumors. It looks like uh, D'Amico Ryans is going to go to Houston. So, you know, if you think about it, really, who's left where there's a fit? Uh, and I think, you know, I do think there's a fit with the Cardinals with Sean, but, mm-hmm. you know, so much of this, guys, is what you have to give up. You know, there was something this week that came out about, you know, maybe two first-round picks. I mean, that that's a lot. Right. Two first-round picks when you're – you know, the Cardinals are not rebuilding, but they're also not a championship-ready team. They're somewhere in between because they have their franchise quarterback um, who needs work, but they still have him. Um, so they're kind of in, in between, and, you know, to part, if that's really what it is, to part with two first-rounders, that, that seems pretty steep, um, especially when you have a new GM. You want to make sure your new front office can draft, you know, have a chance to draft Pro Bowl players. When you're picking in the first round, the expectation is a player you take in the first round is going to be a perennial Pro Bowler. So now do you want to give up two? Uh, it just seems like a lot for a coach, but you know we'll see what happens in the next week or so. Talking to the voice of the Cardinals, Dave Pash, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Dave, so the news today, Lou Anarumo and then Brian Callahan, both of the Bengals potentially going to be interviewed here, it sounds like, by the Cardinals. Um, where do you come out on the idea of, like for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's definitely the wrong move. I'm just saying I'm a little hesitant to hire another first-time head coach. But more and more of these names, other than Sean Payton at this point, would be first-time head coaches, other than Brian Flores, who we haven't heard much about in a while. Where do you come out on that idea? I don't think it matters, to be honest. If you if you feel like, based on the interviews and the people you've talked to around the league, and it sounds like Michael's doing all those things, along with others that are part of that search process, including Monty, you know, you're 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 making sure you've got somebody you think can be a head coach. I mean, Zach Taylor's was a first-time head coach. Sean McVay was a first-time head coach. Uh, obviously, Andy Reid is different. Uh, Nick Sirianni, first-time head coach. I don't think it matters. Ken Wisenhunt was a first-time head coach. So is Bruce Arians. Um, so I, I, I'm not concerned about that. I think you'll know when you're. You know, making you're going through the process of whether you have a have somebody that's head coach material or not. Yeah, David, do you have a guess in regard to when all of this might come to a conclusion? If you're just guessing, your gut feel on it. I I would have to think before the Super Bowl, and I would you know if I again this is just guessing. I don't know, but I would assume uh, sometime in the next week, by the end of this week or early next week, because it just seems like that's where. You know, usually it's kind of when those things get get completed and you're starting to see some dominoes fall elsewhere. So I I would have to think soon. Talking to Dave Pash, uh, Dave, how much do you believe they take Kyler Murray into consideration with this hiring? Because I guess that's sort of where I was going with the first year head coach is is you don't know if that guy's going to be able to get through to Kyler. How much do you think they're just looking at this all through the lens of of how it impacts him? Well, I do think that that is one of the things that I'm sure that they're considering is, you know, who, who's going to work well with Kyler Murray, whether it's the head coach, the coordinator, the quarterback coach. 
But ultimately, guys, whatever the Cardinals do, whether it's you know an experienced head coach like Sean Payton or uh, an offensive assistant that you're getting that, that's getting the head job, or a defensive assistant that's getting the head job, or a Brian Flores who's been a head coach, ultimately this comes down to Kyler Murray. It's not about who can get through to Kyler Murray. It's you know wh- where is Kyler physically and mentally, and is he ready to take the next step? Ultimately, that's his decision. Um, you have to support him and surround him with the right pieces and the right people. But you know it, it, it comes down to him. You know, I keep hearing, well, they got to get somebody to get through to him, and you know somehow that it's you know it's like there's this magic button you're going to push to find the person that oh wow it's just it's all going to come together right you know i think we've seen enough of the talent of kyler murray to know that you know he's a guy that can do what patrick mahomes and and joe burrow and brock purdy uh and jalen hurts did and that's get to a conference championship he's got the ability it's the other stuff it's it's the same thing we've been saying for a couple years and we've seen growth and maturity and the problem is now he's overcoming a you know a major injury. So, uh, but but I just think ultimately it's it's really comes down to him as opposed to you know who the who the coach is in terms of getting the most out of him. Having said that, David, right there, your thoughts on championship weekend? Where do you start? I think you look at the guys that advanced and, and even the guys that got there. You know, I think you've got you know if you talk about the quarterback position, I mean, there's physical and mental toughness and hanging in there and making throws with guys at your feet and getting drilled and uh, playing through pain. You know, Mahomes to play through that ankle injury. uh, That's remarkable. Uh, You know, Brock Purdy going back in the game, he couldn't throw. We know he couldn't throw, but he's back in there because he had to be in there, and he's toughing it out, playing with that elbow. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts, a guy that, you know, I think of – what he did, you know, everybody talks about Oklahoma, but going back to Alabama, you know, there was a culture that was instilled in him when he was at Alabama that he took to Oklahoma that I heard a lot of people at Oklahoma didn't like. You know, he would hold guys accountable and say, hey, this is how we do it at Alabama. And they're like, well, this isn't Alabama. And he's like, well, yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> we win at Alabama. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, when you've got a guy like that, you, you got a chance and you see how guys rally around them. Now, they got great players, too, on all those four teams. Um, I, look, I. I think Kansas City with Mahomes, I think they'll win it. I think, you know, Mahomes getting two weeks to get rested. But I'm not counting out Philly after what I saw yesterday. Yeah, Yeah, Philly's been impressive. Dave, great stuff as always, man. Thank you for the time. All right, guys, take care. Thank you, David. That's uh, Dave Pash, of course, the voice of the Arizona Cardinals, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, we'll get into the Sean Payton stuff. He did speak on his future yesterday, so what could it mean for the Cardinals going forward? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.